smoking and growing and watching prohibition fall down. All right, what's up, guys? Is this thing on? Grow Talk, Autoflower Talk. Got Jordan from autoflower.net in the house. How's it going, man? Welcome back to the show. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Appreciate you coming back on, and thanks for having us. Of course, we got questions here, guys. We're going to do a little bit of just a grow talk, an auto flower grow talk uh, to get into this. I recently have some fresh content on the mind because I got my dad uh, growing his first cannabis plants ever, which are a couple auto flowers. Uh, but yeah, man, let's get into it. Let's get into it. Yes, we have questions, man. Questions. <laughs> Why, Scotty? Why? <laughs> first question. This is actually a good one. These, here, right? like, these are all from dudegrows.com, man. This is, what's this one called? Why auto flowers? Correct. All right. Like what Uh, are autos and the benefits? uh, Let's start there. Sure. Uh, Well, auto flowers are uh, typically that we grow here are hybrids of cannabis sativa and cannabis indica that's been crossed with cannabis ruderalis. Uh, Ruderalis is uh, believed to be originated in areas like Siberia that get more extreme periods of light during the daytime, um, which is believed to have caused an adaptation that causes it to flower out completely independent of the light cycle. So what that means is that rather than reducing light that you would normally find with the reduction from going from spring to summer to fall outdoors or reducing the light hours indoors, uh, that's not required with autoflowers to induce that flowering. They're going to flower out based on their genetic timeline. Uh, So what that means is that growing from seed, I mean, you can start to see pre-flowers forming anywhere from seven days to uh, 30 days on them. When does the Uh, timeline start? As soon as you see your first sprout, it's that that's it no you don't need two sets of leaves one set of leaves as soon as that thing pops out of the soil that's pretty debatable by a lot of growers of when that that initial day should start right i, I say um you know once you you see the first set of true leaves on there, that might be a good indication of start date. Uh, because the autoflowers, depending on the strain, they'll flower out um, differently. They're not all going to flower out at the same time, depending on the strain or genetics. Now, to be specific on that, if you are growing certain uh, breeder strains, you're going to have uh, more stability with your phenotypes that you're going to see growing from seed. Uh, but with some variations of autoflowers, especially when if it's not a stable breeder, if you're getting seeds from somebody you're not sure, um, you're going to get a lot more variety in there. So uh, the stability uh, is definitely there with autos, but in terms of like a, a concrete timeline with when things are going to flower out, you really need to know your strain. If you're growing all the same strain, chances are you're going to be pretty close on the same timeline with things. Right. So really you need to visually be looking at the autoflowers. You need to be checking your growth. Um, there are more optimal times to switch your nutrient regimen with autoflowers uh, based on when the vertical growth tops out from veg uh, transitioning into flower. A lot of people will uh, immediately switch into flowering nutrients at the first sign of pre-flower or they'll jump into it uh, Uh, when it's just starting to flower out. Typically, there's still more vegetative growth that's happening during that period, even though you're seeing flowering. So it's more of a transition period of going into those flowering nutrients so that you don't induce early deficiencies. All right, uh, right, hold that thought for a sec, because we got some nutrient talk coming up. Just to to wind out um, why autoflowers, give me the quick, I mean, What's the benefit here? Uh, what you know, I sometimes say, which is debatable, 
uh, for new growers, man, it might be a good thing for new growers. I mean, I think there's environmental benefits too, depending on when winter comes. What are some benefits of why you choose? Can I that? answer the easiest question that he's ever going to yeah. hit you, man? Sp- or speed, pitch you? Speed, 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 efficiency, right? Uh, and, and, and one and room. Those, those are those are probably the three basic things. It, here's what I tell growers, because there's always the common debate of, of photo periods versus auto flowers, which is better. And I, I say, well, rather than saying which is better, what's better for your setup? What kind of environment are you right. working in? What's your yeah. what's your plant count? Uh, you know, for some growers, they don't care because they don't care about plant count. Some people have canopy space. Some people have a very limited amount of plants that they can grow. They're trying to be on the right side of the law. So as growers, I would say, let's talk about maximizing the space that you have based on the setup that you have. And, and if autoflowers fits that bill, then that's what you should be growing. Um, you know, we need to look at this as tools in the toolbox of growing cannabis as opposed to, you know, one being better than the other. Um, you know, when you go on a job, you're not going to do every job with a saw. You may need a hammer. So uh, I would encourage growers to look at autoflowers more from that perspective. Um, the, the speed of autoflowers typically from seed to harvest in around 70 to 90 days. Uh, you may find some faster flowering autos that'll be done sooner. Some may take quite a bit longer. Uh, the longer finishing autoflowers typically produce larger plants and you're going to get more wheat from them. Uh, the efficiency part of it, I would say that, you know, typically it may require less room or setup. It doesn't require a separate space to flower out. That's what I think got, huge advantages. Uh, oh, g- gigantic. Um, and, and granted, like I said, every setup can be, you know, manipulated. You can always create variables and you can always say, well, you know, you can do this though. There's a, a, also ways to grow photo period plants in small places. Obviously there's plenty of guides and there's plenty of documentation sure. that shows that too. Hey, everybody's uh, allowed for, to be right for, here. But for, for many growers, I would say that, uh, you know, if they're starting out uh, with limited budgets and things like that, it's a great place to start. And many growers, that's all they grow is autoflowers. Uh, with the present day genetics that we're finding out, these aren't the low riders that everyone's used to. And they say, oh, yeah, I talked to so many breeders and so many growers that say, oh, autoflowers, well, they're cute little plants. And then I show them pictures of these huge one pound plus harvests that guys are pulling from Dutch Passion Auto Ultimates and so of these larger autoflowering wow. genetics and they're saying that's an autoflower and you know it, it really kind of just shows yeah go there that, who are some of the breeders uh, that are are you just mentioned a couple who are some of the breeders that i don't know that you're not recommend that are making advances with autos yeah who should we look uh, out for Re- yeah recommend some uh, folks well, the hottest autoflower breeder out there is hands down oh yeah and we we say that uh with, with some heat, with some heat. It's, Mephisto Genetics, uh, hands cool. down, is probably one of the, the best guys out there that's really making advances with autoflowers. And not to say other breeders aren't doing that, uh, but if you ask around, if you look at other social groups and things like that, you'll see more people are probably growing with Mephisto. They've got a great social presence. Their customer service is top notch. They've also got some of the strongest genetics that I've seen come out of lab testing, uh, which is really breaking that stigma that autoflowers are these weak, uh, non-potent flowers or, or form of cannabis, which is just ludicrous. Yeah, is there uh, a quality elaborate? loss, it, it, man? Go ahead. What's that? Is there a quality loss when you, when you, when you have two, you know, a great male and a great female and you put them together, is that different than having, am I just not understanding genetics right? To where if you have a, a well, great male, I'm sorry, a, a great female and a great male that you put them together and one's an uh, ruderalis, does that make a big difference, man? Can you still just put the well, dominant it, recessive traits where you want? 
some of the best breeders that we're seeing, especially the ones that everyone are talking about, are actually trying to remove as much of that ruderalis characteristic once autoflowering has been stabilized. So once we take autoflowering from ruderalis, because ruderalis is really not that attractive of a plant sure. from a commercial growing standpoint or even home growing, nobody wants to grow ruderalis because that is a bud on a stick. But autoflowering is something that we're pulling from that. So once we stabilize autoflowering, typically uh, three to four generations in, uh, it's back to business. It's selective breeding practices to produce plants that are commercially viable. So if you're worth a crap with your breeding and your genetics, you should be able to create autoflowers that are not only every bit as potent as what people consider, uh, and, and potency is also extremely subjective. Are we talking THC or are we going to talk about a combination of things that provide synergy? Uh, you know, cannabinoids, flavonoids, terpenes, uh, you know, it's certainly not just THC that gets people high. Uh, you know, living in Colorado, it, there's plenty of access to 30 plus percent, you know, THC flower at these dispensaries. And then you get it and you look at the label and you said, why does my Gorilla Glue say 22 to 32 percent? And you realize that, you know, some of these testing methodologies too aren't exactly, uh, not that they're not accurate, but there's more to it than what we're being kind of sure. told or fed when sure. people say, oh, I've got 30, 32% flour. Well, yeah, you find you out they were using an espresso labs. machine for the extraction of the lab. <laughs> Surprise, it's not so simple. <laughs> Science isn't and, and, simple. And that's the thing. I mean, the, the potency testing itself isn't standardized yet. And, you know, there's uh, ways to doctor the results. Growers can submit their own samples. Uh, a lot of it is based on kind of a Boy Scout honor system. And uh, uh, we know breeders never lie about anything, right? Yeah, so, no, that works um, great in the weed game. <laughs> yeah, just dip your bud in distillate before you send it to the lab to get analyzed. <laughs> All right. I want to say, I think we answered why autoflowers. Yes. So let's take it. If you're we're good, let's take it to another grow talk question here. Before we do, since we got a little bit of love shared with both the, the you know, autoflower network um, and uh, our show, Optic Folio guys, Dinesh. Good supporter of this industry gets involved in some people such as us and the Autoflower Network. Agreed. Uh, trying to push good messages, trying to you know get growers, get the knowledge base, and his products. I mean, I don't know if you have a favorite Jordan. Mine's usually because I don't have a sizable grow anymore. It's just the RTU Overgrow, which is everything IPM in a bottle, from powdery mildew down to different bugs, as well as getting it into the mesophilic layer. Um, and keep in mind, I'm not saying when you have an infestation, if you let your IPM get to an infestation, then you didn't do it right. But anyway, right. Um, Optic Folio guys, check them out. Uh, great company and been OG supporter for many years now. now. Not to mention, only people in that game. You know, can you, hey, you guys go, you know any other uh, Optic Folio or any other uh, Folio feeding companies? I don't think so. Uh, I, don't I, care I, about I, I can't much. say I do. Andy's got um, feed charts coming out soon, too. This with Dinesh the other day, uh, another first, like a total feed chart that goes with your grow of on the IPM products. I, I saw that. I'm, we're real excited for that it one. It looks cool. And, uh, and if you guys grow outdoors, this is a, a problem where we're out here. We're uh, southeast uh, Colorado. We've got a lot of outdoor growers and hemp growers. They let their pollen fly. Uh, they've got a product called Switch that's supposed to help kind of prevent uh, that pollinization from happening. So if you got an outdoor crop and you got a lot of seeds in it, uh, take a look at that product. It might help you out. I haven't ran it myself, so I can't personally attest to it. Uh, but I have heard a lot of people recommend it. And I've heard a lot of stores say it flies out by the gallon. So very right interesting, on. man. Yeah. Let's get into uh, pot size for outdoor autoflower. Right. So, and I got a specific question about transplant in a situation that my dad's in, um, but this is by Sasha Slabs. 
Sash Haas Slabs? Did I get that right, Scotty? <laughs> I don't know. I like anyone with the last name Slabs. <laughs> All right. Because hey, dude, Scotty and Gru, big fun of what does it say? Big fun of your show. Hmm. Oh, does everybody have to be from America? Okay, dude. Come on. Because <laughs> <laughs> I have an indoor tent with a photo plants, but want to try to grow a few plants outdoors. Since it's August already, I'm thinking I can still try and harvest a few auto plants. My question is what size pot will work better such as no autos don't grow to be too big? Um, looking at some radical pots, five, seven, and 10 gallons of radical bags. So I guess we can just, yeah, nutshell this into a conversation about should you transplant or should you just start in the right at one size pot right there? Okay. Uh, well, to answer the transplant question, for most growers, if you're hesitant about it or if you're the kind of person that makes your omelet in the morning by crushing your egg in your hand, you probably shouldn't transplant autos. Uh, that was the issue at your transplant stress is going to affect – I mean, your, your, your auto is going to finish, let's say, in 75 days whether it's transplanted or not, right? If you give it transplant stress, your plant's still going to finish in the same time. Uh, it's just that stress is going to take it's, away from its ability – it's with autoflowers. Well, you're, you're. I mean, you're, you're on a time scale. The, the plant has a finite life that it's going to go on for 90 days, and then it's going to be done. Uh, in that, in those 90 days, you're trying to mitigate as much stress on the plant as possible to try and get it to yield. Because, it, in like a photo period plant, if you're in veg and you transplant it and you completely slow everything down and its metabolism grinds to a halt, you have time to. Fix that. Yeah, reveg. Get it, get it and happy. Reveg. Right. Get it happy. Uh -huh. Send it to flower. Where with yep. an auto, th I mean, this is the main thing. That, that time the, is just the lost. thing you have to focus. That time is yeah. just lost. No. And and that is a good point. There is a limited veg period, which is why it is recommended by most people to just go ahead, sow in that final plant, put it in the final pot, and that way you're not actually having to even mess with any chance of it. Now that said, I know dozens of growers that trans plant all day and night and they grow big gigantic auto flowers so there are techniques that you can use uh by you know take a styrofoam cup you can put uh, perforated slits in it to make it easier when it's time to come transplant it so literally you're just removing the shell around that root system you can put uh you know put that uh cup in the actual final pot uh, and scoop that hole out so you've actually got that perfect hole made for that root ball that's going in there so there are ways that you can minimize the amount of shock that's happening are you eliminating it 100 percent well probably not uh but is that a reason to not do it well there's many reasons why i would say or even recommend that you should if you're planting multiple seeds uh again especially uh from genetics you're not familiar with or even uh, familiar genetics sometimes nature will throw out a runt. Uh, sometimes growers don't want to have to invest an entire huge pot of soil uh, and, you know, mess up maybe the, uh, you know, if they've cooked their soil and all of a sudden they're adding things to it and things like that and got a, a mute or runt that's not going to work out or it gets stunted. Right. That way it gives you maybe a, a week or two where you can grow those plants in that, that transplant cup and then you can put them in their final pot. So, um, you know, for most growers, again, you know, it may not be worth messing with it, but I don't want to say that you can't do it because it's it's been done. It's been documented with very little well, effects if like no effects. It trans you should transplant with, with autoflowers the same way you're transplanting regular, you know, female male plants. I know like you said, I, if you do a bad transplant on any plant, it can it can show a holdup. It can sometimes take a week. If your sure. plant is happy as hell and you do a perfect transplant and then you inoculate a transplant with microorganisms and all that jazz, I see 
plants not even skip a beat. This this is somewhat my personal opinion, but I do think that some people lean on having that veg period with photo periods going, well, if I mess it up, I can just let it veg for another Absolutely. week or two. And, of course. Uh, which, honestly, that that's fantastic. I, I do wish we had that benefit with autos sometime. Uh, oftentimes when you find people that have grown autos for the first time and you say, well, how'd you like it? And it's like, ah, my plant was small and, you know, it grew crappy. And it's like, well, you know, it's, it's kind of a different system. You got to almost retrain yourself in the way you think with it. Right. Uh, because there's grower, growers out there consistently pumping out just beautiful plants uh, consistently with, with a variety of genetics. Um, and that boils back to, you know, it's not just genetics. It's also the level of the skill of the grower. Um, but for most growers, I think that if they've got the right education going into it, if we can get more of a basis of saying, look, we know auto flowers, you don't need quite the nutrient regimen that you do with your photo period plants because right. you've kind of got limited per- periods here. You know, you think of every step of an auto flower as like, you know, 10%, you're in seedling, 10% veg onward till you're up to harvest. Well, you know, if you're putting 5% on any of those, you're not going to get to a hundred. Mm-hmm. So, you know, the, the goal is to make every step as optimal as possible. Yeah. Uh, and, and like you said, I mean, that, that's, that's where you get to that maximum what? result. So what do you do? Uh, so my, my pops, he planted, I'm like, look, we're going to transplant these. So you plant them in a smaller pot, you know, something I'm like, what size pots do you have? Because they're like four inch. I'm like, that should probably work. But he planted them in four inch terracotta clay pots, which okay. is probably the worst pot to transplant out of. Yeah, <laughs> so I'm like, at this point, you know, he's, he's about almost a month in from when the thing just first popped out of the seed, not his first set of leaves, but he's like a month in and you yeah, know, this is, could be pot. for entertainment purposes, but at that point, I'm like, man, maybe you shouldn't even transplant because I don't think you're going to do it well out of terracotta pots and you're a month in almost. Yeah, he, yeah if he's a month in, he may not want to. Here, here's the thing. The initial taproot with autoflowers or uh, even the taproot or root system of, of most ruderal plants uh, is very fast seeking. So it's going to shoot down a lot mm. quicker uh, typically than a lot of other plants. But once it hits solid ground or it hits the bottom, it's going to stop setting down that seeking root, and then it's going to start pumping out lateral uh, root growth. So that's a, a huge reason why people say, well, if you do transplant, try to do it within you know seven to ten days or under two weeks, uh, because you don't want to try to have that taproot hit bottom. Because as soon as it thinks that it's got no place to go, then it's going to start producing you know the the lateral roots, which is going to basically stunt out your plant or kind of limit the size of it. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, to segue into pot size, I mean, your, your average pot size with autoflowers, I, I would say for most indoor growing would be around five gallons. Uh, you know, you can fill pots much larger than that. And if you're growing outdoors, I mean, you may want to experience a bit with the root system, but you know, here's some food for thought, especially if it's August here, autoflowers grows grow uh, optimally based on the amount of light that they receive. So going into fall, when you're already having a reduction of light hours, you may want to consider if it's possible to even use supplemental lighting when growing outdoors. Sure. Uh, one of our growers on the site lives in California. He grows outside and he actually kicks on a, a HPS lamp at nighttime just to give him extra light. Um, and, and his plants uh, turn out great. But if you're not giving him that amount of light, uh, you may be disappointed with the results. Gotcha. gotcha. Interesting. Yeah, I don't know if my pops is going to be, it will be disappointed. It's fun to learn and grow plants. 
Autoflower give you that opportunity to have a basic understanding of what oh, cannabis sure, can do. For sure, for sure. And every grow should be a learning experience. I mean, I have several grows that were just just hideous, just awful, didn't turn out. Uh, you know, my first experience with uh, deep water culture was uh, the biggest ball of pythium you've ever seen. It was like it was <laughs> like somebody put a, a that, packet man. of Jello in my reservoir. Why did you bring uh, that up? You know. It's, What's that? <laughs> We've all had those failures where we thought we were going to be rich because you see oh, that yeah. like, deep water oh. culture looks like in the magazine. It's like a race car. You, it is like all a right. fucking dragster, man. You know? <laughs> Keep that thing running. You no, know, but but that's how we we get better though. We we have experiences. We grow. We fail. Yeah. And as long as you say, you know what? What did I do wrong here? How do I be a better grower? Like, you know, it's it's easy to get on the internet, and and that's where the ego is. And uh, you know, that doesn't help people out all the time when they're like, man, I really mess this up. And somebody gets on and dogs on your plants and just makes you feel like shit. And uh, uh, you know, the idea though is is to learn from your mistakes. Sure. You know, learn what's options out there. I'm a big grower's choice kind of guy. You know, people. are like, well, what's this? What do you recommend? And I'm like, well, you know, there's a variety of things. I mean, I'm finding out just about anything will grow cannabis, but certain things grow cannabis more optimally. And, and like I said, optimization leads to maximization. So, you know, for people starting out, there's so many options out there. But if your goal is to be the best and you want the most maximum production sure, and things like that, sure. then, you know, you got to you got to switch gears in your thinking a bit. Yeah, um, that's not my goal. Yeah. I just want to look good. I got one more uh <laughs> we're going to cover one more subject here, yes, sir. Uh, which is we're going to get into feeding autos. But another another shared friend of our shows, uh, Mr. Raymond with Raymond Nutrient, yes. as I say. My wife was pissed when here. she found out he was banned for life from the United States. She was like, what? That's bullshit, man. <laughs> she was all mad. Uh, guys, another line that I have ran uh, or definitely a few runs actually got my award-winning Scroopy Noopers. Very easy to use, very easy regimen. Um, we can incorporate this a little bit in how to feed autos uh, as well as a very cool cat. Can't wait to get back on uh, Marijuana Mondays with some local Canadian DGC cannabis. Uh, we're going to get over there and talk with Ramo. And just somebody that's in the community, guys. That's we like people like this. That like, hey, this guy's freaking cool. He's done a lot for the community. He's got a nutrient line. He's embedded in helping people out. Like, yeah. that's why I dig people like this. So, yep. Oh, shout yeah. out. Oh. Absolutely. All right. Yes. Hey, come on, man. Bring Let's it on talk home. About feeding. Bring yes. it on home with feeding. I want to talk about um, Jordan. Feeding. If I'm choosing either to use such as we'll just use Rainbow Nutrients as an example, a synthetic line, or if I want to feed them. And the, the the soil that seem to be popular, auto even specific mixes now that are being made for autos by a few different companies. How are those looking? That are supposed to be water only. This is how easy it can be. Uh, now to touch base on like the super soils, uh, we did some testing with Kind Soil. Uh, I'm not sure if you guys are familiar with them. Um, what we ran into that, that with that is, is that depending on your super soil or your TLO or whatever you want to call it, um, it's independent. Yeah, well, it's strain dependent, and it's also is that <clears throat> is that they can sometimes be too hot for your initial seedling when they're going in. Mm. So what we see with a lot of growers is that when they're using these, you know, these water-only recipes and things like that, usually there's a buffer layer of soil or, or a real light mix, uh, whether it's cocoa core or just something that's real light in nutrients that gives that plant a little bit of time to 
actually establish that root system and travel down into the the supersoil. So mix. you could just pot like that. That's not that hard to address. No, it, it, it's not. But but it is important for people to to know that when they're putting that seedling in into that hot mix. Uh, oh shit! It, exactly, and that's a real common thing that people that they run into. When I ran Kinso, we ran into it being a bit hot. Um, you know, his, his mix was, um, a bit off at the time from what we were told. Uh, I know some growers that are using it now that are just killing it. They love it. They said that it's on point. Um, I, I would imagine that many of the other soils are, are probably similar to that experience where, um, you know, they're, they're certainly going to work. There's many growers that, you know, they won't even touch any of the synthetic stuff. This is the way they do it, that, sure. you know, and, and props to them. I, I wish that I had the capacity for that. You know, someday somebody hopefully could teach teach me how to grow. Um, but, but with that, I would say just a, a recommendation, make sure that you're not putting your seedling or that small plant, especially if you're transplanting even into something that's too hot, you want to give it some time so they can establish that root system. Because if you're going to, you know, fry that, that tap root out, I mean, that's your instant success for uh, stunting your plant. <laughs> All right. Let's uh, say I want to go on a bottle regimen. Now I'm looking at a feed chart. This feed charts for typically feed charts are meant for autos. So how do I apply the fact that I'm growing an auto to uh, like the rainbow nutrient seed chart recommends eight mils per gallon all throughout veg at all products. Super easy. And double it. Yeah, if, there, if there's not <laughs> I like it, probably no, no, right. No, don't, no, don't do that. <laughs> now, now, if there's not something that's auto specific on the nutrient label, I would recommend running at least quarter strength to half strength nutrients. Uh, you know, you can always add more, you can always feed plants more, but once you've burned them, they're burned. Yes. So with, with nutrients, with autos, we know autos a little more fickle with the requirements, especially, you know, going from that quick seedling into veg into flower, there's that limited period with that. So, so you're not going to want to stress your nutrients too hard until you know how the genetics take them. I mean, genetics have, have a huge uh, impact on the amount of nutrients they can take. They even have an impact on uh, how much light they can receive, uh, you know, from grow lights and things like that. So um, you need to basically kind of feel out your genetics genetics for what they'll take, but start low, start uh, weaker with the nutrients, about quarter strength, half strength. Uh, just been, so you know how to quarter things. strength, half strength for everything, man. I'm <laughs> just quarter strength. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Even use that on, on your photos. If, if it's something that you're new with, like I said, once that nutrient burns in there, it's so much easier to just prevent that in the first place and, and making up a stronger batch of nutrient solution for your next feed than it is to try to go, well, I just burn the crap out of my plant. Right. Uh, and, and, that, and especially with autos, when you, You've got that limited uh, vegetated or, or limited repair period. Sure. Again, we're, we're trying to op optimally make every stage of that plant growth till we get to harvest. Yeah. Now nah, you burn those autos. Love man. it, man. <laughs> A lot of good. What's that, Scotty? Well, I, I said you got one chance with those autos. You burn them. You might as well start that over is again. That's the reason why some people argue. I mean, it's not... It's well, not so you know, newbie friendly all the time when you think no, about these parameters. It, it, and it's not. But, you know, here, here's something that we've been pushing for. This is kind of a, a fun story here. Uh, one of our admin on AFN, uh, we were approached here by a farm in Washington State. They asked us about autoflowers um, and, and where to get some of their genetics. And I said, well, hey, one of my admin on the site actually lives in, in Washington. I said, maybe you guys could touch base a bit here. He's a breeder himself. He's got some genetics uh, that he's been running for years and years uh, you know he's very uh, I mean this is this is his thing he is e a breeder this is what he wants to do um, 
And so they said, sure, you know, let's let's exchange digits. We'll see if we can uh, connect here. And it turns out they live 25 minutes from each other. <laughs> and uh, we'll fast forward here to date now. Our uh, our admin on AFN, he's the head breeder out on Blacksmith Farms uh, in Washington. So now he's he's their main breeder. Uh, he's got them growing auto flowers. Their head grower told us in a, a live interview, we've got it recorded on a on broadcast here that he said that grams per square foot, uh, their auto flowers match their top producing photo period plant in terms of weight. So. Uh, we're getting reports from guys that are actually taking the chance now and they're growing by canopy space here. So again, this may not affect everybody by plant count, right? Yeah. but, but, but we're getting reports from commercial growers saying, well, you know, if you're willing to take the chance and, and they're multi-potting, they're putting more than one, uh, plant in a pot, which autoflowers actually thrive with. If you want some serious weight with autoflowers, put a couple autoflowers in the same big pot. Ooh, I'm and, writing that down. Uh, oh man, I, I, I've, done it, I've done it multiple times. Do you I think they're competing it. with each other? It's like brother, oh, sister? There, there certainly is contention. Uh, you'll see, you know, a dominant plant and you'll have other plants that'll be competing. But if you train them down, you've got an even canopy of, of single cola buds. And, you know, when each one of those cola buds weighs, you know, a uh, uh, a half ounce a piece, suddenly you're pulling quarter pound, half pound from a small pot in a really low profile. Yeah. Uh, then you can, you can vertically stack, man. We can be vertically stacking auto flowers and growing two tiers at home. Um, that's something, that's a project that I'd actually like to work on here. I, I've personally grown just pretty big amounts of weight in a, a very short vertical, uh, in a space or a cubic space. So, um, you know, I, I think that when people get so obsessed about growing these huge plants, they don't realize that, you know, if you're able to grow a smaller, but more bushy canopy, uh, you don't necessarily need those huge plants. But again, the, the setup and, and everyone's situation's different. I mean, it's hard to argue with a big 30 foot towering mammoth plant out in California. You know, you know, that's going to be producing just, you know, 20, 30 pounds or whatever it might pull down. I like what you said, man. It's just another tool in the toolbox and you want to have a diverse toolbox and some options as well as as a grower myself, I, I still have not grown an auto. Um, if I was just growing the way I used to grow back in the day when it was more just production run, all the same strain, I know this one the best, everything yep. looks the same, that shit gets boring. So it's nice to have all these different options as we see prohibition well, falling down. Certainly. And from a production standpoint, I mean, there are things that get in the way of Votto's being accepted for, for commercial production. And just like you say, you know, growing from clone you do have some consistency there that you're just not going to get growing from seed right? Um, in terms of, of profile. And uh, that, that's a huge thing. I mean, people say, well, does white widow autoflower taste like white widow photo period? Um, well, for starters, what is white widow? I mean, you look up the genetics of this and uh, there's several breeders that have crossed their own lines and things into that and they still call it white widow. So sure. um, what I explain to people when they say, well, how do you get an autoflower that's been crossed with root or Alice to you know, taste like what people want. And, and again, it goes back into that selective breeding where, you know, once we've got auto flowering stabilized, we know that there are certain profiles of plants uh, based on, you know, cannabinoids and the uh, flavonoids, terpenes, we can, sure. you know, these things can be tested out and you can look at these results in labs and you can say, look, this is why this tastes this way. This is, you know, we know these terpenes are, are affecting it this way. And so once you know that that's the profile profile that you're looking for, once you start hybridizing and you're, you're selecting for those traits, then you're, you're basically narrowing down the phenotypes that are going to be closest resembling those things. So, 
So it's entirely possible to have a white widow autoflower or a blueberry or, or any of these big name genetics to, to match those profiles if they've been crossed with a photo period, uh, you know, or a cl even a clone or you know, whatever it may be, sure. if the breeder itself is willing to narrow down those profiles. I feel you, yeah, man. A lot of good information. Yeah. Uh, I can't wait to grow these. I got to get uh, get myself hooked up. With, uh, I'm up to go with the Mephesto, as you say. And then I did want to cover before we go, um, autoflower.net, guys. Uh, you're doing a lot of cool stuff over here. I even noticed, Scott, are you going to uh, camp can of smoke with you? I don't know. Sounds like it. Yeah. Who's driving? <laughs> so, uh, you guys got a little, uh, somebody out in Oregon's putting on the inaugural Autoflower Cup. So yep, Autoflower that, only competition. Pretty interesting. Yeah, that's our, our buddies, Cannabis Autoflower Growers. Uh, it's just a, a group we met on Facebook. They're really cool guys. Uh, we really jived with them, gotten along with them very well. Um, and uh, it was it was crazy. They said, hey, we're, we're going to put on, on this cup. They asked us if we'd want to be a sponsor with it. I think Mephisto said that they're actually going to try to make it out to that one as well. Uh, but yeah, they're putting on, as far as I know, the world's first autoflower cup. Uh, it's going to be in Oregon in 2019. It's autoflowercup.com. I think they got all the information up on there. But uh, yeah, it's going to be awesome. Autoflower Network's going to be out there representing uh, full duplex with Blacksmith Farms will be out there in a booth. Uh, I think they're going to have seeds. There's going to be a lot of things out there for, for growers and everyone else. Uh, it's just for autoflower growers, photo period growers. If you're an enthusiast, you want to check it out. Uh, definitely, uh, it should be a fun time. I don't know if I'm going to make it out there, but everyone's twisted my arm, so I might Come make it. Come on. So, ah, it, we'll Push have to arm more. Let's, let's carpool, man. I've seen your guys' trailer at Indo Expo. I know it's roadworthy. <laughs> <laughs> Are you sure is that thing still roadworthy dude oh love man. it brother love yeah, it all right yeah that's good. we'll have to get you back on man there's always more questions about autos such as should i clone my auto what's gonna happen and get into some different no, conversations no you shouldn't clone um, your auto, and sir. thanks for making the time for the show today and guys check it out autoflower.net a wealth of information and product reviews all kinds of stuff over here on the side i've just been looking at while we were talking and think, take it easy man great information good hanging, sounds brother. good guys absolutely guys thanks for having us it's always a pleasure and we really enjoy your show oh, thanks man keep doing what you're doing mo no, take it easy, brother. <laughs> some people love to blaze up the tank yeah we get happy for noon to take a little break That means we're lighting up a tube It's just weed It's just weed I like to keep the buzz on, on, on It's just weed It's just weed In my toolbox there's a bone Some people start their day off with a pill It's what the doctor says to do they shake their heads at natural medicine. Go ahead and try something new. It's just weed. It's just weed. I like to keep the good on. It's just weed. It's just weed. I like to smoke it all day long. Oh, no.
needs the tank Just look at how he's being paid Now, go lock up me Smoking weed I ain't done nothing wrong